1: Hey, welcome into the PHNX Cardinals podcast presented to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top rated sports book. Be sure to like, subscribe, leave us a five star wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Johnny Venerable. He is Bo Brock on this audio only podcast. And Bo, and we sit here five weeks into the NFL season. We don't. We're not really sure how the Cardinals are going to do win-loss record this year. We have a better idea. But uh, I think one thing that you and I universally agreed on that was kind of contrary to popular belief was that Hollywood Brown, the addition was smart. And it was, I I would say, you know, buying low on a stock uh, potentially back in April. And we got a lot of pushback on that. A lot of people thought they overpaid for Hollywood Brown. A lot of people thought that, listen, at the end of the day, he's a number two. He couldn't work with Lamar. Why would he work with Kyler? And now we sit here five weeks in the NFL season and he's six in the NFL in receiving yards. Oh, how the tides have turned here in the desert when it comes to Hollywood.
0: That's right. All the turntables, according right. to Michael Scott from the office. Right. And yeah, can you imagine, do you want to think of this dark world that could actually exist in some multiverse without Hollywood Brown on the Arizona Cardinals through five weeks of football? Oh, can you imagine that offense? I mean, what what are they going to do? I mean, tip of the cap to Greg Dortch for his, 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 him coming alive and earning a spot and having an awesome training camp and preseason and starting off the season solid and then having snaps uh, just handed over to Rondell Moore. But this team, as far as the offensive ineptitude that they've encountered to the first quarter and first half of most games, Hollywood Brown has made up for that and been the lone bright spot. And say what you will about the guy that the Ravens drafted 23rd overall with the Cardinals pick and Tyler Lindenbaum. He's not making the plays that Hollywood Brown's making, and, and Hollywood Brown even wasn't making these plays in Baltimore because he didn't have, you know, th- the throws from Lamar Jackson, you know, to set him up in the offense that's that's been it's more uh, tailored to a wide receiver in, in his strengths than than Baltimore's. They're run, they're still run heavy team. They they always will be with Lamar Jackson. So the Arizona Cardinals, I think Steve Kime I give him an A for that deal on draft night despite all the criticism from everybody. And oh yeah, he got a third round pick and in a potential future pass rusher in
1: Majay Sanders whenever they actually give him snaps going forward. It was February 18th. It was the day after my birthday. We were doing a show, but I was putting the rundown together and I was on the Twitter streets and I remember uh, talking with our our GM Saul Bookman and I'm like, hey, there's some rumblings out of Baltimore that Hollywood Brown is unhappy. That would be the perfect number two to DeAndre Hopkins. Because remember back in February, it was always like, we need to get a number two for D Hop was coming off injury. Christian Kirk was all but gone. Rondo Moore was inconsistent. Like They had to go out and get an established, not a rookie, but an established playmaking wide receiver. And so we think about, okay, everybody who pushed back that day in February, and you go check the receipts on Twitter, they were like, number one, why would the Ravens ever do that? And number two, I wouldn't give up more than a second for Hollywood Brown. And then we fast forward to, to April, the trade happens, you know, I'm guilty of it, Bo Brock, everybody falls in love with prospects. And then you fast forward to on the field and then they look like Robert Candice, right? They look like Josh Rosen. They get a proven commodity right now who I would say outside of probably Zach Allen has been the team MVP. I mean, you could probably throw in Byron Murphy, you know, offensively, he is their most valuable player. Um, And of course, Kyler Murray would be in that discussion. But I think we all agree he could play a little bit better. But I mean, just the fact that you've been able to integrate him into the offense and that he has essentially kept you above water without DeAndre Hopkins, I I think the the most, I don't know, the biggest Hollywood Brown fan, even back in April, I don't think could imagine this kind of start. And I think it's fair to question, is this going to continue on when Hopkins comes back? What are the targets going to look like? All I know is Cliff Kingsbury wants to throw the football, and there is room for two receivers on this roster to eat week in and week out.
0: Yeah, and, and Hollywood Brown. If you don't have him on your roster, you don't beat Vegas. You, you no. certainly know he had so many big plays in that. Almost had, you know, a huge touchdown reception for this team, and still can't believe that they turned that into just placing the ball on the one. I, st- I it right. still look like his momentum took him in there, but you know when you think about them selecting 23rd overall, a center who's played so well, hasn't given up any sacks, you know, the pressure rate, I know you love pressure rate, Johnny, uh, it, it is with, with a mobile quarterback, Lamar Jackson, like great a, a golf clap for Lindenbaum who probably wouldn't be seeing the field uh, with, with the Arizona Cardinals. I don't even know if he, if the Cardinals allow him to beat out Sean Harlow at
1: this point, just looking at how they, they didn't like they, rumor is They didn't like Lindenbaum. They thought it was too small. That, and okay. they they, the Cardinals organization, right. they liked Cam Jurgens in the second round, and we're going to take him above Philadelphia, um, or excuse me, uh, above Trey McBride. Philadelphia took him pick fifty-one. That was the center. They liked the kid right. from Nebraska. Not they did not like Tyler Lendenmoll. Lind- so I mean, what are we even talking
0: about then? I mean, what do we see as far as the options at twenty-three? Like every single player or every single receiver that was worth a damn outside of George Pickens was already off the board. I mean, Jahan da- Dotson played on. You know, he's a commander now, and they traded up to take him. You thought that was your like oh shit kind of fallback uh, yeah, with this head. this dip this deep deep wide receiver class, and it didn't even make it to the twenty. So. You know, for him to be able to to pull off a trade that was rumored to be in the works weeks before, and uh, and also ha- make your your quarterback happy, and then you look at how the offensive line is playing seven sacks and over two hundred plus dropbacks. I mean, they're playing fine. I, I think that that's the philosophy that this team is going to try to find. Uh, you know, veteran offensive linemen, uh, if they're not drafting them later in the in the rounds, in developing them like Josh Jones. Uh, it, it's just, I, I, I think it was, it's easily one of the, you know, it goes on a very strong resume of trades
1: that Steve Kimes made in one. Here are the receivers that were available to the Cardinals should they stood pad at 23. And again, there are other players, cornerbacks, defensive ends. Maybe you liked them. Maybe you didn't, but in a passing league, no DeAndre Hopkins. Here's what was available. Christian Watkins, who's hurt for the Packers has been a disappointment this year. Wendell Robinson out of Kentucky, who I haven't heard his name called once this year with the Giants. John Mechie for the Houston Texans, which, God help you if you have to watch that team. Taekwon Thornton for the Patriots. Uh, George Pickens, who's the standout <laughs> at 52. But then Alec Pierce for the Colts. They can't throw the ball. Sky Moore for the Chiefs. But, I mean, he's he's a ways away. And all those guys right. are undersized and unproven. I mean, that, that was it. The elites right. had gone. The Cardinals would have loved. To have Chris Olave or Garrett Wilson? They weren't available, right? Do you see any
0: corners there that that can crack a roster spot? I mean, what they were looking for was somebody and to McDuffie make an was impact.
1: Twenty-one, by the way. Right. A lot of people say, well, they could have. Trent McDuffie was gone. Now right. the Bills traded into the Cardinals' original pick with the. They they did another deal with Baltimore. They took Pierre Elam. I'm not sure how he's doing this year. I haven't heard him his name a ton. I think the conversation would have been, you know, had you not been able to trade down, it would have been like. Are you, can you take Jermaine Johnson at 23? Could you take Devontae Wyatt, defensive tackle? Would you take George Karlofkis there? But again, like those guys are rotational players. And, you know, I've been critical of Vance Joseph, Bo. Like your defense is is playing well enough with your defensive line. How would this receiving core be without, you know, who? I mean, right, you, yes, sir. And uh, Vance Joseph's defense
0: right outside of the Chiefs game, just surrendering under 20 points per game. Is, is that right? On average? Yeah.
1: So it's it's one of the most overachieving units across the NFL and you lose (laughs) Chandler Jones and you've got question marks everywhere, right? What they've done over the last three weeks. It's a, what have you done for me lately? league. They're giving up 18 points per game.
0: Yeah. I I mean, I, I I love the acquisition of Hollywood Brown. Obviously a big key to this is what his future contract looks like with the Arizona Cardinals. Um, and, And I, and I think that's probably something that they can, they can work through, and I think we saw like the eye-popping numbers this off season, and maybe it comes back down to earth. Um, but if 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 he if he earns something like we saw this off season, then that's good for the Arizona Cardinals, especially if he's playing alongside DeAndre Hopkins in less than a week away. Johnny, may, might I remind everybody that uh, Thursday night football was last night and Week Six is officially upon us. And DeAndre Hopkins comes back in week seven on Thursday night football with the Saints in the Cards. You can go to Four Peaks, watch that game. You can watch a full slate of college football this weekend or the Cards game on Sunday against the Seahawks. We've got some pretty cool events in the works with our friends at Four Peaks. Make sure you're staying tuned for more information on those events. Can't wait to tell you about it. If you're enjoying the Four Peaks beer, of course, you've got to be 21 years or older. Enjoy responsibly. Get out there and get yourself some pumpkin porter before the season's all wrapped up. Also got to tell you about OG's brands. We were recording this show at night. I get pretty amped up doing the show and I need to come down before I can hit the, the old dreamland. But now I don't have to do that any longer because OG's is completely changing the game. They just launched their brand new sleep edition gummy. You don't have to, you can't sleep on these actually. Yeah, you can't sleep on them. Like we slept on the Hollywood Brown trade. Yes. You heard us right. OGs is now flavoring dreams with two to one THC to CBN ratio gummy CBN, the compound that helps specifically with falling and staying asleep. And the sleep edition gummy has in the aqua berry flavor, which is delicious. Highly recommend you check out OGs online for all their different products, including their sleep time gummy at OGs brands.com and on Instagram at OGs brands. you can find their products at your local dispensary. You got to be 21 years or older.
1: So we're in kind of the midst of where we're going to talk about trades until we're told to not talk about trades anymore with the Arizona <laughs> Cardinals. And, and the record's going to play a big part in that. Steve Kime has made a trade midseason each of the last three years. And uh, it's funny, but I was thinking he went offense, then he went defense, then he went offense last year with uh, old Zach Ertz. Time to go defense again with a defensive end. And uh, Bill Barnwell, who writes uh, good stuff for ESPN, if you're an ESPN Plus member, Uh, He's got an article, 15 offers for players for the 2022 trade deadline. And it was a very realistic group of players, very realistic, you know, trade, you know, scenarios, I would say Cardinals in in, aren't in this mix in his article. But I think the more interesting note, Brock is what he the price tag he put in relation to a lot of these players. So, for instance, Jerry Hughes, which I know is a player that you and I have talked about had kind of fallen off a little bit. Has a little bit of a renaissance this year. Already has two two, two two-sack games this year. Uh, 34 years old. They're using him as a situational pass rusher down in Houston. The price tag for old Jerry at 34, a fifth-round pick, according to Bill Barnwell. Uh, He goes on from there in this scenario. And again, um, he does a nice job outlining why this would or wouldn't fit. But unfortunately for Cardinal fans, hopefully this is a precursor to anything Bill breaks down the LA Rams trading back for Robert Quinn. Robert Quinn once upon a time was on this defense, but makes a note that Quinn is not too keen on going to the West coast. He likes the Midwest, but get this Bob Brock, the price tag he believes for Robert Quinn, we just got done watching bears and um, the Washington commanders, Mm -hmm. the the price tag for Quinn, two third round picks for a guy who's due $12.5 million the rest of the year. And I don't think he has a sack this year, and he's a free agent to be. So those were the two that stood out. Of course, you know Cleveland Farrell for a ham sandwich, a bunch of offensive players, some running backs, but two names in particular the Cardinals have been connected to. Yeah, that
0: that, that seems really steep for a guy who he's got one more sack than you and I do this season, and it's just one yeah. on the season, including last night. He didn't get home, and there were a bunch of sacks in that game, especially uh, against Carson Wentz on third down. And it wasn't it wasn't Robert Quinn ever. Um, so that that seems steep. And if if the Rams want to overpay for him, that's fine. But uh, it, it's still, you know, that seems to be the priority with the Arizona Cardinals. And I'm shocked that Barnwell didn't connect the dots with them and looking at their draft capital as far as what they're expecting the return and what maybe Steve Kine would be willing to part with right now. Um, and and if, if they can get a Hughes for like a fifth round pick, I think you do that that pick tomorrow, right? You make that trade tomorrow. You you bring in a guy who would immediately have the most sacks on your team. JJ Watt, I believe is the Arizona Cardinals sack leader with two and a half. There's half sack with Byron Murphy. I mean, you're getting no pressure from your edge, like no pressure from your edge. And, you know, Brian Burns is obviously the Golden Goose, and that's who you want, right? Because he's leading the NFL as far as edge pressures. And that yeah. would be nice to couple with the, the already the pressure that you're getting with Zach Allen and JJ Watt and a returning Richard Lawrence. I think that would be obviously the, what you want. And you kind of start to look at that as far as what could you would really tantalize a Carolina Panthers team, Johnny, who you told me. Really aren't in business of trading Brian Burns. So yeah. who do you look to? Who do you look to outside of Burns? Uh, what are you willing to pay for Quinn? Or who else are you? Do you have in mind to to fix this pass rush?
1: Yeah, some folks I know who cover the Panthers and we DM back and forth um, that are on the ground in Charlotte said that like it would have to be. It's not even worth it for a team based on what they would ask for because they want to attract a Sean Payton, and you can't have a completely bare cupboard. And they don't need assets to move up for a quarterback because there's a good chance Carolina Panthers get the first overall pick, so I I think they're more keen to hang on to Brian Burns. They're going to hang on to McCaffrey too. It sounds like so. Who knows what's going on in Charlotte? You know, here's what I will say: We just got done watching the Bears Commanders game. The Commanders are two and four. They look terrible. They won the game. Uh, Montez Sweat and Deron Payne. If if you could pry one of those two out of Washington, both of which are. Um, Payne's due to be a free agent Sweat's got like 18 months left on his contract Payne plays inside, Sweat plays outside Jonathan Allen's in there too They're fantastic they, Washington's front is everything you want the Cardinals to be Sweat in particular, four quarterback hits tonight um, He's somebody that I would go to Washington And say, you're out of it You need ammunition, you want to go get a quarterback Here's our first round pick next year He's 20. He just turned 26 He's 6'6", 260, he's built like Chandler Jones He just beat the holy hell out of Justin Fields like that's the kind of move, you know. Everybody else, I'm I'm looking at day three picks. I'm not giving up a, a second or a third for what I'm seeing or what I'm not seeing from Robert Quinn this year, Bo. You know, and Cleveland Farrell, like Cleveland Farrell, to me, is he better than who you have? Maybe not. And he's and he's making a decent yeah. amount of money right now. So, it, I, there are going to be other teams that emerge as shitty here in the next couple of weeks <laughs> that are going to quickly pivot to the draft, but. I, you know, I was I had money on Washington and I, as you know I I hit a nice little parlay finally, um, but a, a contingency had been if Washington loses their one in five and like is it open business now? Um, I just heard from somebody recently though that Bill uh, and Michael Bidwell have never gotten along with their ownership, which, who has, but mm-hmm. is is that scumbag who's under investigation <laughs> for everything in Washington? going to trade players to michael bidwell when they supposedly don't like each other that being dan snyder um yeah i i don't know that that to me is as a completely different dynamic they don't really have a gm but they have a a ton of stud sec defensive linemen that i'm just i salivate over because that's i mean that's what you want that's what this team needs they need to go into next april either with an sec defensive lineman edge defensive tackle or they need to go get one now and i i don't mean to like pigeonhole this franchise, but I mean, look around the, look around the roster. It's not a complete roster. I, but I think, is it trending up? Like if we talked about it at nauseum, Byron Murphy, Zach Allen were two players under the microscope. Like they're playing career best football right now. You've got younger players now with Isaiah Simmons and Zayvon Collins playing much more. They, they are going to go from an older team to a, to a younger team quickly. When they cut bait on guys like Rodney Hudson and Justin Pugh and potentially Watt next year, you have money. And this is what I think oh. a lot of the fan base gets confused on. It's like, well, who are we going to pay? How are we going to work this? A bunch of guys are falling off the cap next year. You're not bringing mm-hmm. a lot of these guys over 30 back. And Michael Bidwell, to his point, even said in the spring, like, I don't want to pay guys in their 30s 7 figure salaries. I'm looking at the over-the-cap right now. J.J. Watt's off your books. You could move off of Rodney Hudson, save him $6 million. I think he's going to retire anyway. I think you're going to get all that money. You know, A.J. Bre- AJ Green's going to be falling off. It's going to be a younger team. It's going to be, you know, you're, you're going to decide what you're going to do with the hop bow, but it's like, then it's Buddha, Kyler, DJ Humphreys, Isaiah Simmons, you know, and then it falls off to like Zach Allen, Marcus golden. But like there, there is money to be had in this cap to go and give to a supremely gifted edge rusher. You want that. That's a good problem to have.
0: Yeah. And, and when I see Montez sweat, the, I mean, the more you watch him, the more you fall in love with his game. And I think he's closer to six, seven. And as far as how he rushes the passer, I think he could learn a lot from, from a guy like JJ Watt, like because yeah. Watt used to be a specimen like that. And now he's playing more inside, but as far as what Vance Joseph likes from his past rusher, and it's not necessarily just racking up sacks, it's it's getting your hands up, batting balls down, and getting your, your hand on, on a football and, and potentially getting on the ground. And a guy like Montez Sweat, I mean, if you remember back to when the Pittsburgh Steelers two seasons ago were undefeated in Washington, came out of nowhere as a sub-500 team and, and beat them on a primetime stage. Like Sweat had a coming out party, and he's got three sacks in his last two games. He's just a monster, and I think he would just fit the scheme Perfectly, but to your point, I can absolutely buy into Dan Snyder, the scumbag that he is, mm-hmm. not trading just out of pure spite. I mean that yeah. that I mean if if I know that a lot of people shouldn't buy into that that kind of narrative, but if if anybody fits it, it's that guy. And, and he, if if Bidwell is somebody that kind of challenges him when owners and and other guys, as far as the NFL, you know, the top guys, owners, CEOs, you know, meet. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be shocked to hear that, that bill bill clashes with him and that there's no trades that could be on the table between these two organizations. That's why, you know, I look to Hughes because there is a relationship there, despite Nick Casario, not being a part of it when the Cardinals pulled off, you know, the deal for Deandre Hopkins, but there is organizationally still some people in the building that I, I think that there's goodwill, despite the Cardinals fleecing them for Deandre Hopkins. You know, I think Casario realizes like, Hey, I, I I found guy a very low risk guy at the end of his career that served a role for the Houston Texans early on, got to the quarterback. and I'm gonna sell and I'm gonna get whatever I can for him. I think that the
1: Cardinals just match up real well. Who did Barnwell have uh, Hughes going to? Couldn't I can't remember now I'm locked out of my account, which says everything about how this night's going, but I uh, not paying I'll, your I'll insider you bill? No, it's my dad's and I can't remember the <laughs> password that's how we roll in the venerable house. Uh, we share phone plans and TV subscriptions and ESPN plus, uh, subscriptions. Um, here's another name real quick. Um, Melvin Ingram in Miami. Now he didn't have Melvin going in this, in this group. Melvin's on a one-year contract. He's kicking ass for them, but he did have, um, maybe a defensive back leaving Miami. Like what happens if, if the dolphins continue to lose and lose without Tua, it's like, are they going to be selling off pieces? Right, they went from first to third in that division really quick. And like, if Tua gets banged up, their season's over. Like, it, yeah. you can make an argument it's, it's teetering on the brink. That's another Jerry Hughes, but better. He has been fantastic this year. Yeah. They they signed him for a, a next to nothing last March. The Cardinals sat on their hands. That's something I'm sure Steve Kline would like to have back. Here's what you can have back: sixty percent up on tickets when you buy last minute on game time. Both true story. Earlier today, hooked my dad up with his two buddies for Saints at Cardinals on game time. Got a sweet, sweet deal. They are in the they're a visitor tunnel, six rows up on game time. I, he couldn't believe the prices, couldn't believe the, the, the least amount of fees that you had to pay compared to some of the other big boy uh, ticketing sites. Um, here's what he's going to do. He's going to come to the tailgate at the Lola. With us and hang out for a bit. And then he's gonna go watch Kyler Murray and company kick ass against the Saints on Thursday night football. The best way you can support us is buying through the link in the show description. Uh support game time today, save up to 60% on tickets. Um, we had a great time at Mavericks down in Scottsdale. Bowling, laser tag, RK. We want to remind everybody, check them out. They do some fantastic stuff. If you got workoutings like we had here at PHNX, check out Mavericks and Scottsdale, bo.
0: Yeah, check them out on Instagram at Mavericks with an X, A-Z. Check him out yeah. on IG. And I'll tell you something. I've got a, I've got a little game plan, too, for Thursday Night Football. I'm excited that your old man's going and he's going get, to get, get to check out the Redbirds on Thursday Night Football. And hopefully it's a better performance than we've seen the last two weeks. And the Cardinals have – at least there's one quarterback of the six, potentially, that are going to play on Thursday Night Football that's worth the shit in Kyler Murray. and And that should be – the difference as far as these, how the offenses have played, but can't promise a fast start with this team ever, but here's my game plan, Johnny, obviously at the Lola, we're going to be throwing back some frosty cold ones from four mm-hmm. peaks, like yeah. the Redberg logger. And of course, kilt lifter and wow, joy bus wheat, but I can only, I, I gotta, I gotta keep it together. Cause I got to cover the game that night. I'm going to share a beer with, with some fans and some people that hit me up already on DMS that are going to this event, but I got liquid death. You ever seen these before? They look like tall boys. They're they're bottled water, though. They're hanging out in cans. They look like you're putting back a nice cold one, but you're actually enjoying some mountain spring water from the Alps. And it's called liquid death, which is also pretty heavy metal. Why is it called liquid death? Because it brutally murders your first. And it also is ticking out plastic bottles and plastic solution. It's killing that. So get yourself some free shipping on all water and merch at liquiddeath.com phnx. It's liquiddeath.com phnx. You can get that water sparkling. You can get the flat water. Also, you could get some merch there. Find Liquid Death at
1: Target, Sprouts and Fries locally. Listen, I don't have a gambling problem, but I do gamble a lot. Uh, and I use all of our many fine uh, vendors, partners, sponsors, whatever you want to call them, uh, I like to use underdog fantasy to dabble on over and under for player statistics. I'm looking right now on old underdog, and I'm looking at some passing props. And right now, they've got Geno Smith and Kyler Murray, or excuse me, they've got Geno Smith to throw more uh, passing yards than old Kyler Murray. 267.5 compared to Kyler, 255.5. I'm not into that. They've also got Geno Smith to throw more touchdown passes. We're going to have a chance to preview this game at nauseum, Friday night in studio, myself, Bo Brock, Frank Sanders. But in the meantime, you can dabble on Underdog Fantasy. You can search in the App Store, click in the links in the show notes, sign up with promo code PHNX. Underdog is going to double your first deposit to one hundred bucks. I would say take that hundred, that free hundy, dabble it on Kyler Murray because I think he's going to have his best game of the season. That's Underdog Fantasy. Promo code PHNX. Get in on the action today. Well, Bo, we are one week out from D Hop returning at the time of this podcast. We are four, ga- four days away from the Cardinals at the Seahawks. For Bo Brock, I'm Johnny Venerable. Be sure to like, subscribe, leave us a five-star review wherever you get your podcast. We are back Mignana, on a Friday for a live show. See you then. Peace.